0: with one throwing right hands at Lefebvre. Another right hand by Brown. Lefebvre gets an uppercut. Down goes Brown! Down goes Brown! And Lefebvre leaves him there. TKO.
1: Oh my, that's the call from legendary Leafs announcer Joe Bowen, December 5th, 1992. Our own Rob Brown taking on Sylvain Lefebvre in a memorable fight, the only fight of the 14 in his NHL career in which Rob did not score a decisive victory, but it did obviously lead to the uh, proliferation of the phrase, down goes Brown and then that eventually uh, turning into a Twitter account and a website and all that kind of fun stuff as Rob Brown slides into studio. First of all Rob, thanks for uh, for coming in and uh, tolerating hearing that audio yet again. Yeah,
0: I the guy got 15 lucky punches in on me that one.
1: Almost had him, and the man behind the uh, downgone Browse uh, website, and you see him on Sportsdead and Twitter. He's an entertaining fellow, and we're we're gonna hook up him and Rob. Here uh, is Sean MacIntosh. Sean, you're on with Rob Brown and Reed Wilkins. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for w- being willing to do this. You, you know, uh, this has become a, a a big part of your life, <laughs> and a big part of Rob Brown's life in terms of keeping that alive. T- tell, us ab- tell us about tell us about. You know, when you wanted to start a hockey website, and obviously you have a little bit of humor with it, why did you pick that that phrase? What were some of your other options, maybe, when you were getting this going?
2: Well, you know, I I didn't actually have too many options back then. I I had all sorts of ideas of stuff I wanted to write, but every time I got to that screen where you had to type in a name for the the thing you were going to do, I I always kind of... uh, Came up empty, and then uh, this was kind of back in the day. There were a lot of sites out there, and they all seemed to have. They would take some some uh, reference to something that had happened years ago, and then there may be a player or you know it was a famous call or something. And and that one just popped into my head because that's one of those calls uh, that uh, has has sort of stuck with Leaf fans over the year. You, you got to remember, like you said, this was December 1992, uh, and if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan in the early 90s. We didn't really have a lot going on back then this this was before the big playoffs run this is this is before Doug Gilmore kind of flipped the switch and and and, and all of that stuff uh so we we kind of took our victories where we could get them and if uh if that meant that uh, you know the the play by play guy dropping a particularly memorable call on a uh, on a scrap that broke out on a Saturday night against the Blackhawks in december uh then that's what we took and uh, for some reason you know it just just because the Joe Bowen call is so classic, it it seemed to stick with a certain type of uh, a Leaf fan of a certain age, and uh, that ended up, uh, at least initially, early on, being uh, being where I found my audience.
1: Okay, Sean. So we got you on the line. Rob's, uh, as you know, our inside the game analyst. He's in the studio here. Have you guys ever met or spoken before tonight?
2: Uh, no, we uh, we have not.
0: <laughs> no, I got. I, I know that a couple of years ago I did an event in in Kelowna with Bob Bourne, and somebody from, I don't know, it, it was someone that you knew or someone that was involved with your website came up and asked me some questions for the website or about the website, and that was the only time I'd ever had any interaction with it. I had heard about it. I mean, I, I feel that I deserve, you know, some kickbacks or some commission or something. I'm the one that took the 15 punches to the head and went down. I think I deserve something for for being uh, a, a famous in the Maple Leaf folklore. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. You, you might have to get in line, because cause I have <laughs> I have run into to Joe Bowen a couple of times in press boxes in Toronto, and every time he sees me, he always tells me, he gets a very serious look on his face, and he tells me that the invoice is on the way, and that uh, his... His accountants will be in touch, so I think uh, I haven't I haven't had that show up in the mail yet. But once Joe bleeds me dry, I, I, whatever's left, uh, I think you might have a crack. Well,
0: I, I think I actually had the harder part. I was the one that took the punch. He had to rhyme down and brown. I think I could have done that even when I was unconscious.
2: <laughs> well, yeah that that is that is true. And and I gotta say, I uh, you know the, the scrap itself always stuck with me because I was actually at that game, so I didn't hear. Joe Bowen's call uh, at at the time until we were driving home. That was the, the, I used to get to about one Maple Leafs game a year, and that was uh, that was the one I got to. And it was certainly, you know, it, it was memorable, and we got a big cheer. But I, I do I have to hand it to you because I got to say if if you got to take fifteen punches and 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 get KO'd. bit badass. Like, you, you kind of, you went down and then you just sort of paused. There was no line on the ice. There's no waiting for the trainer to come or anything like that. You just kind of popped up. I think you checked one of the teeth, and then uh, you <laughs> sort of did this this shrug and just skated off down to the other end of the ice where the where the visitor's uh, entrance was. Uh, and I always kind of figured that uh, if, if my day ever came where uh, I was in the same situation, I hope uh, I hope I handle it equally as well. And uh I don't know, it, it, hopefully I don't find myself in that situation, and, and if I do, it, it it might be Rob who's on the other end of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well it was funny though, I, after I left the ice, I went in the dressing room in old Maple Leaf Gardens, they have this little teeny, dinky TV in the corner that you could watch, and I was watching the fight as they were replaying with Michelle Goulet, and I'm like, oh, goo, it looks like he got me in the jaw, and he goes, well, it's where the blood's coming, so probably, yeah, Brownie, and I'm like, oh, God, now i got to skate across the ice to get stitched, and everyone got to cheer again as they went back on the ice. I did ask Sylvain later in the third period to fight again. He graciously said no, not wanting to inflict any more damage on me, and I'm like, thank you. I got that out of the way, now I can just go play. Sean McIndoe joining us
1: here on the City Ford Face-Off show. Uh, The the man behind uh, Down Goes Brown, and a lot of stuff. Sean, switching gears a little bit. uh, I mean, people can just Google you and and you got the Twitter account and, and, you know, you try to do a lot of humorous stuff, which I think is, is nice for, for sports. um, But probably maybe sometimes the fans of the team, you might be targeting on any given day. Do you, do you have to deal with some like, Oh, come on. Or, Oh, that's not fair. Kind of stuff.
2: It's, it's always amazing. Uh, hockey fans always have a great sense of humor, and they always love uh, a punchline, and, and they love a good joke, uh, and yet through some strange coincidence, it's always the jokes made at, their, at the expense of their team that they don't think is all that funny, and they'll always let you know, you know, I normally think that you're really, really funny, but for some reason... Uh, This time that you took a run at my favorite uh, team or my favorite player uh, was was just completely different. And uh, yeah, you you do get a lot of that. But I've I've always taken the approach that uh, you know I mean I I love hockey. I've been a hockey fan my whole life. uh, But it's it's fun. It's there to be fun, and it's there to have fun with. And uh, you know there are certainly uh, people out there who take it uh, extremely seriously. And uh, and you know from from a fan's perspective, I. Uh, probably take it too seriously, and uh, I certainly don't mind having a little fun with it, and if uh, if that gets a few people riled up, then I'll uh, I'll live with that.
1: All right, so we're getting people ready for the Oilers and the Canucks tonight here on 630, Chad. We're about 45 minutes or so away from face-off, and, and you wrote something... Uh, basically saying, are we underselling Connor McDavid <laughs> coming off that hat trick against Calgary? Obviously, a, a spectacular goal. Uh, you know, Jager threw out the hundred goals the other day. Probably a little mullet in cheek, as I like to say. But, <laughs> but uh, do, do, I mean, what, do, what what are you talking about here? The the uh, the underselling of uh, a McDavid? Do we have a ceiling for this kid?
2: I, you know, I'm not I'm not sure we do, and you know, I. I... You know, I, I was being a little tongue-in-cheek saying we're underselling him because certainly, uh, you know, not just there in Edmonton, but everywhere around the league, it, you know, we, we hear about this kid all the time. He seems like he's in all the ads. Uh, you know, I, 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 we did our uh, our preseason predictions at Sportsnet, and I think every single one of us picked him for MVP. Every single one of us picked him for the Art Ross. So, uh, you know, you would think that when you settle down to watch that first game of the season uh, that there's, there's, you know, Maybe this kid can live up to the hype, but there's no way he's he's going to exceed it. And then you see, you sit down, you watch him play, uh, and you, I mean, he just uh, he just leaves it with your jaw dropped open sometimes to the point where you wonder, uh, you know, how how it not not so much is this kid already the best player in the NHL? Can he be the best player? But how much better can he end up being uh, than everybody else? Because he just continues to do things that you know not only have you not seen done, but it just aren't supposed to be possible. And I've been watching hockey for, for 30, 40 years here. I, I, there's certain things I think I know to be true. And one of them is, you know, when you get the puck on your stick, you're not supposed to be as fast as you are without it. And yet here's this kid comes along and he seems to get faster when he gets the puck. And just some of the moves he makes, I, I know we're all watching the second goal, the, the breakaway goal and, and just the speed on display, but even the first goal, which, you know, it just kind of came on a rebound, but he did that, that Wayne Gretzky thing where he just sort of drifted off, and you're kind of like, well, where is he going? And then suddenly the puck comes to him, and it's right on a stick, and it's in the net. Uh, and you're, you're just sitting here shaking your head. And I'm sure the, the fans are in Edmonton who watch every minute for, for 82 games plus playoffs uh, are, are probably maybe a bit ahead of the rest of us on this. Uh, but every time I see him, I, I find myself revising that ceiling. Uh, a little bit further
1: upwards every time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Sean, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate you coming on and having a little bit of fun with us and giving us your take on the on the Oilers and some memories as well. I hope we can talk again and enjoy the late games coming up, and I guess maybe a 10-8 game in Toronto. We'll see how that one ends. <laughs> that
2: uh, sounds good. And uh, Yeah, get get that invoice in the mail to me,
0: Rob. <laughs> it's on the way tomorrow. There
1: we go. That's Sean McIndoe checking in, the guy behind Down Goes Brown.